A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Phil Schmidt got his start in meat processing at age 17, and he's been co-operating his own butchery called The Meat Block in Greenville, Wisconsin, for more than 20 years. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Phil attributes business growth and success in part to the Master Meat Crafter program through UW Extension. He tells us why he was attracted to the program in the first place. I was in the second class, so when the first class came out, it was something that was on my radar, like something I really wanted to do. Uh, so an application process came open for the second class. I, I jumped on it. We really didn't have the money to spend on it, but um, it was that important to me to make sure that um, I had that knowledge. I always, I always want to know the why behind the what. That was just a great opportunity um, to do that. So for me, it was just, and I still I still go down to C.W. Madison to the new building down there, and, and I sometimes help teach classes, and sometimes I participate and take the classes. Even if it's a class I've done three or four times, I still learn something new every time I go through it. What did you learn in Master Me Crafters? Walk us through the curriculum. What did it all entail? Oh, it's been a while, but... Basically, what we what they do is they bring in the leaders all, from all over the country in certain areas. So um, when we were on poultry, we had the lead professor from Penn State come in. Uh, when we were doing our beef our beef section, we had the lead professor from Texas A&M come in. You know, Dr. Jeff Singler just did a great job bringing in people that even knew more than he did. We weren't limited by what Dr. Jeff knew. We were, we were brought like the best of the best in the country to teach us what they were best at. So you know, we had Ryan Cox from Minnesota. It just it was really neat just to see. We spent two full days over in the microbiology building, uh, growing cultures, help us understand the bacteria and, and different things that we're looking for or looking to, you know, get rid of in our plants. Kind of just really give us more knowledge on, you know, where they might live and what your best sanitation practices are and what you need to look for to make sure that you're doing that. Just, they covered so much in our industry. So, Phil, now do you have the title Master Meat Crafter, or do you have, like, a plaque on the wall that says, you know, you completed the Master Meat Crafter program? All of the above. So I have a logo that I wear on my shirt, and I have a, a frock that says Master Meat Crafter on it. I also have a plaque on the wall saying that I accomplished that accreditation. Basically, in our industry, that accreditation is kind of equal to, like, the master cheese maker or the master winemaker, things like that, where you really are very knowledgeable in your trade and uh, highly highly respected and, and looked up to, which is which is phenomenal. Um, I know the class itself had people from um, as far as Jamaica take it, and it's really become almost world-known now as a program to, to really take it to that next level in meat processing. So it's not just meat processors from Wisconsin that are enrolling in Master Meat Crafters. They're coming from all over. So do you learn from your peers? What is that class dynamic like? You do. I mean, in our class, we had people from all different states. We didn't have anybody from a different country, but the next one had the gentleman from Jamaica. And I think there's people from other country in this next class, too. But even just within the United States, there's such different processes based on what regions you're in. You know, whether you're on the East Coast or West Coast or down South, the way we do things is different. Um, a lot of what the class is, besides the professors coming in and teaching us, is this collaboration amongst other meat processors and learning what they do and why they do it and just learning different processes for yourself to even kind of, as I'd say, tricks of the trade type of thing. You mentioned earlier, Phil, that when you enrolled, you did it despite the cost. 
So now that you've been done with the program for a while now, has that paid back and how? So when I took it, I believe it was the tuition was $5,000. Some of that was supplemented by the state of Wisconsin for Wisconsin. There was an out-of-state and in-state because there was some grant money. I think Senator Cole, when he was in office, had helped that cap set aside. That's gone now, so tuition is closer to 10000 But then there's also your hotel rooms and your meals and your transportation and everything. So, I mean, it, it was at least a $10,000 investment by the time you're all done. But that payback has been huge because if we come across something that happens, whether there be a malfunction in our smokehouse or something in our process that wasn't right, instead of throwing that product away, a lot of times we're able to scientifically go through and still verify that product is safe or you know, we're able to analyze it and follow through and make sure that that doesn't happen again because we can troubleshoot a lot easier. If you know what your, why your processes are doing what they're doing, it's really easy to know what goes wrong instead of running three or four batches, trying to figure out what's going on and end up losing even more and more product. Um, so just it, the payback is you'll never know what the payback is because you, you just take it for granted once you know it so much. Yeah, and thanks for giving us that example of something that you learned uh, that you can use in your business today. Can you give us another one? What is something that you did in Master Meat Crafters that had you change something, a way you did something or something about your business after you completed that program? Yeah, for me, um, like shelf stability was a huge thing that I learned about because um, I assume when you walk down the grocery store aisle and there's that stick of summer sausage there non-refrigerated, that it must have a ton of preservatives and chemicals in it. When you go through the class and you find out we were making shelf-stable product all along, it has everything to do with your pH of your product and your water activity of your product. And once you understand what pH and water activity are and how they work, and if you're, if you're low enough in pH and water activity that bacteria can't go, you can have a very pure and clean product that's shelf-stable. Help us with a lot of our stuff. Because a lot of our, when you're getting in the wholesale markets, grocery stores, convenience stores, things like that, they don't have cooler space to give you. They can give you shelf space, but they can't give you cooler space. So if you make a product that's shelf stable and safe for the consumer um, and for us the wholesomeness of the product and the clean label was a, a huge thing just learning how to do that because i always thought that was out of reach i thought that was only for the big corporations that had all these in-house laboratories and the scientists and everything but to learn that that is something we can do within our own facility very easily with a couple a couple testing kits and some different things to make sure that we're meeting our meeting our parameters um, was probably the neatest thing for me i want to talk about the consumer because at the start of the interview you mentioned uh, another reason you wanted to be a part of Master Meat Crafters was to kind of debunk buzzwords or be able to communicate with the consumer or help educate consumers. Is that another thing that you gained from Master Meat Crafters? It is. I would I would come home after my classes because we would go down there and it would be two and a half solid days. Like we'd leave the hotel at seven in the morning, we'd get back at 10 at night and I was just mentally exhausted. And uh, I'd be like, I'm never going to remember any of this. And then a couple weeks later, a customer would come in and ask you a question. And you'd be like, I know that. <laughs> I learned that last time I was down there. So I've been able to really help educate our consumers a lot. You know, they'll see different things out there. And sometimes their industry kind of bastardizes itself with marketing. Um, the bigger companies will try to find their angle. A lot of it is perceived value and not necessarily real value. And I always tell our customers, I'd rather teach you and educate you and then let you make your decision. Because... There's a lot of naiveness in our industry. We only know what we know, and it's really not something we learn about in school or anything else What's going on with our food. Um, you really only learn that if you're actually in the industry. So we really like the opportunity to talk to our customers. We try to train our staff so that they can have those good communications with our customers as well. It's really helped grow our business because you gain the trust 
of your consumers, and it just helps build that relationship. Uh, they makes them want to come back and support us as a company um, as well. And Phil, not not to date you, or but I believe you said you were in the second class of Master Meat Crafters program, which was just over ten years ago. So I'm curious, yep. some of the challenges that you're facing today, whether it be supply chain disruption, inflation, or labor shortages, do you reflect back to what you learned in Master Meat Crafters in, in order to overcome the challenges that you face today? I do. You know, we look at a lot of how can we grow within these markets, and yet we're always thinking about growth within without adding, necessarily not decreasing our staff, but Staff is going to become harder to find overall, so you start looking at things a little bit differently. How can we grow our business without without having to add actual bodies because the bodies just aren't there, but we still don't want to stop growing. So you start looking at a lot of things a little bit differently. And um, Inflation is going to be a huge challenge. I mean, we're doing well staff-wise, but we pay a lot more than we ever had to to have our staff, which is great, but that'll never go back to what it was. So it's kind of developing a new normal. So I don't think prices will ever go back to where they were because of everything else being driven up. It might come back a little bit, but it'll never come back to what it was. So just being able to adjust accordingly in these times, um, it's hard to keep up. Everything's changing so fast, but we're doing a pretty good job with it. Is the meat block looking forward to any of the meat processing grants that are available or the meat talent development program? Is that something on your radar? It is. During COVID, I think that really, really exposed the weakness in, in our supply chain. We have so many animals that are ready for harvest every single day that when you just lose some of your little cogs and stuff, um, have that infrastructure in place to help pick some of that up to just to have to not be running at full capacity all the time, that you have a little cushion that can take on that extra capacity when needed uh, is a huge thing. And those grants are out there designed to help increase our capacity. So if and when we do run into things like that again, that that the animals can be harvested humanely and, and, and handled and that we don't have a food shortage for our consumers and for our general public. I mean, the meat industry in Wisconsin is the second biggest industry in the state, right behind the dairy industry. So we have a huge impact on the state of Wisconsin. Phil Schmidt cooperates the Meat Block in Greenville, Wisconsin. He graduated the Master Meat Crafter program over 10 years ago in the second cohort of students ever enrolled. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.